Hey, Shakers, and welcome to Worth Your Salt, the podcast that shakes up your marketing game in the health and wellness industry. Worth Your Salt is brought to you every Thursday by Salt Marketing. Salt Marketing helps health and wellness practitioners build trust and authority to attract a steady stream of inbound wellness seekers. For more information, you can visit us online at saltmarketing.co. I'm your host, Jennifer Oroqua, StoryBrand Certified Guide and Marketing Strategist with Salt Marketing, and your host for today's episode of Worth Your Salt. Now, we hear a lot of entrepreneurs say, I know I should start a blog, but I don't have time. I don't have the energy. It sounds like too much work. I don't know what to write about. And with the huge variety of other content mediums now available, a blog can seem like an endless task for which you might never see the ROI that you're seeking. So today I am thrilled to have our very own lead content strategist at Salt, Taylor Perry, with me to talk about whether you should lean into blogging as part of your marketing strategy in 2023. We'll talk about the potential benefits and challenges and help you evaluate if a blog aligns with your overall marketing strategy and audience engagement objectives. We'll also provide some great inspiration and tips on creating content. Taylor, thank you so much for joining me again today on Worth Your Salt. Yeah, thanks so much for having me again. I am super excited to dive into it today. With so much video and social media and podcasting content available today, is blogging dead as a marketing tool? No, (laughs) blogging is not dead as a marketing tool. Obviously, the digital landscape keeps evolving over time and it's going to continue to. But Google absolutely loves content. It is constantly crawling websites to see what they're putting out there. Hmm. New marketing channels and new strategies have emerged, but blogging still holds significant value. It is very much alive and well. And I think it's an excellent way to make sure your brand is getting the visibility it needs to stay relevant and then also be seen by your target audience. So what are the benefits of a robust blog? I probably can't even list all of them here. Um, But well-crafted, and the key word is well-crafted, blog posts can help educate and build trust with your audience, which is going to increase the likelihood of conversion. And if you're consistently sharing insightful and well-researched content, you're also going to build credibility and establish authority among your audience. And that is going to lead to better brand recognition, more eyes on your content, which obviously means more potential clients, and a competitive edge over others that are in your industry. I love that. And so what, what reasons are there that a blog might not be suitable? Well, the only time that I would maybe not suggest a blog for a business would be when there is oversaturation in the market, which is definitely not the case for the health and wellness industry. People are hungry for information that is useful and valuable. But otherwise, if you don't have the time and resources to commit to a consistent posting strategy, as well as don't have an actual strategy, um, because that's going to lead you to lose momentum and you're not going to see any results if you're inconsistent. And specifically in health and wellness, there are a wide variety of service and product offerings. So in a general sense, can you talk a little bit about how the effectiveness, the ROI of blogging can can vary depending on the solutions being offered? Yeah, it definitely can. So you want to make sure that you're presenting the right sort of content to the right audience. So if the two don't really make sense together, your ROI is going to be super minimal. But when you have the right content strategy and you're delivering the solutions that your target audience or your prospective clients are searching for, you are going to see a much better ROI. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense, making sure that those two make sense together. So let's talk a little bit about how much we need to be writing long form versus short form content. How do we define long form versus short form? Okay. So it may vary a little bit depending on who you ask, but most platforms like Google or SEMrush 
are going to say that short form content is really anything under that 1,000 to 1,200 word mark. And then the long form content is going to be anything up and above that, really like 2,000 to 3,000 and above. Okay. And so, and that's what we were told to write several years ago, but that seems to be coming back there. They're saying more short form content um, makes sense and lists and things like that. And so with that definition in mind, how do we know which we should be developing in order to really see that ROI from our efforts? Yeah. So you're going to see that different platforms might say that one is better than the other, but it's really going to depend on a few factors. So like you said, that short form content, it's great for super concise like lists, quick answers to questions. And sometimes that is exactly what your audience needs and what they're looking for. They want an answer to a problem or a solution, and they don't want to spend a lot of time finding it. Um, however, long form content means that people are spending more time on your website. So it also means that Google has a lot more opportunities to crawl your content and it allows you to be more searchable online. So it really just depends. But I, I really do think that you need a healthy mix of both. And of course, at Salt, we believe that comprehensive, high quality content delivered consistently is more important than word count. Mm-hmm. So what are your thoughts on that? Talk about how a business can focus on creating valuable content without overly fixating on word count. Yeah, absolutely. So you'll notice that our own blog posts are going to vary on the word count. And it's not something that we want to obsess over as long as you're answering the question or the topic that the blog post is about. So this is a concept, Jen, you and I have talked about before. Mm -hmm, We'll mm -hmm. talk about again. Um, There is a book called They Ask You Answer. And it dives into wondering exactly what your customers are asking. And you can educate and empower your clients with open and honest content in the form of blog posts. Sometimes that means that you'll need to provide a lot more information to really get to the heart of that question. But sometimes it can be answered rather simply. So it's going to vary from piece to piece. But if you actually have your clients in mind when you're crafting this content, I don't think you need to stress about counting the words. That's a great answer. All right, Taylor, you and I need to take a quick sponsorship break right now. But when we return, I want to explore content creation strategies that can make blogging, dare I say, fun. Stay with us. The Worth Your Salt podcast is grateful to our partners and sponsors, including webwhiskey.com. Your website has a job to do. It's not just supposed to sit there and look pretty, but not all developers understand that. The WebWhiskey WordPress Builder walks you through the process of developing your branding, your messaging, and your website content so you can attract your ideal clients. Don't struggle with other website builders that won't be able to keep up with your growing business. Health and wellness professionals often find that the platforms that get you up and running quickly cannot support your position in the marketplace as you grow. Set yourself up for the next growth phase with webwhiskey.com, the one tool that coaches you through everything your site needs to inspire people to take action. And for listeners of the Worth Your Salt podcast, you can get started with a $1 trial today at webwhiskey.com and put your website to work for you. That's webwhiskey.com. We're back here on the Worth Your Salt podcast with lead content strategist Taylor Perry. And Taylor, how should health and wellness practitioners specifically use SEO tools to optimize their blog posts for search engines? Are there any specific tools or techniques that you'd recommend? Yeah. So businesses in this space are going to face a lot of competition, but the right SEO tools can really help you stand out from other organizations. So to me, in my position, this is one of the most critical pieces to your marketing strategy because otherwise you are shouting into the void and you're not necessarily going to be found online for anything that you offer if you don't optimize for SEO. Some of the best in my personal experience are going to be SEM Rush, 
Google Analytics, and Surfer SEO. And I feel like that could probably be an episode mm-hmm. itself. <laughs> I would um, agree. All of the different tools that you can use for what and why. So different tools are going to help you track your own website trends and traffic. And then other tools are going to help you determine what keywords or key phrases you should be going after to gain momentum over competitors' websites. So I think we need to be writing a blog post about all the different tools, like you said. (laughs) It could be its own episode. It could also be a blog post. And so keeping that SEO element in mind, what are the advantages of using AI tools for content ideation? Okay, so this might be a little bit of a touchy subject because I know there's just a lot of feelings out there right now towards AI, especially when it comes to writing or content creation. But in my experience, AI is a tool just like any other. And it's a tool that can help you come up with ideas. It can help you write some catchy titles. Uh, Ultimately, if you don't already have the SEO strategy and knowledge in your back pocket, AI doesn't necessarily have the capabilities to fully understand your audience and who you're trying to speak to. Yeah. And so going beyond ideation. So I sort of see AI like the the intern that you had brought in and they're going to get you somewhere close to where you want to be, but you're definitely not going to be able to just go publish what, what someone like that writes. So, so going beyond that ideation, can you provide some examples of how AI tools can enhance the, the creation and optimization process maybe on the back end? Yeah. So AI is definitely going to be able to help you answer a question like how important is social media to growing my company. But it's not necessarily going to be able to fully bridge that gap and explain the why, the who, if that makes sense. But it can give you a lot of answers. It's just not tailored like the way your own voice would be, like you said before. But it can help you with the frameworks. And then there are tools out there like Grammarly, for example. It's going to help you with spelling, grammar, uh, stuff like that. And then there's tools like SEMrush or Surfer SEO that can really help you with suggesting keywords or key phrases to use. They compare your content to your competitors, things like that. I really think AI is a definitely an excellent tool for optimization. Yeah. And I love what we talked about earlier about marrying the the target audience and what they need and the questions that they're asking with your SEO strategy. Mm-hmm. So when can we consider outsourcing blogging tasks? Are there any specific situations or considerations to keep in mind when we're working with a ghostwriter or someone for blog content, particularly in a specialized industry like health and wellness? Yeah. So I think this is going to vary from person to person and business to business, but you need to take a realistic look at your own time constraints and your resources when it comes to crafting blog posts. Ghostwriters are an amazing tool to have in your like marketing back pocket, so to speak. But like you said, you need to be aware that they don't necessarily have that specific knowledge or engagement or relationship with your audience that you do. So in health and wellness, it's obviously an industry that you don't just want any random person writing about what you have to offer and then sticking your name on it. Um, It needs to be very accurate, relevant, and then tailored to your own business and brand. So you want to look for someone for example, with ghostwriting that has expertise in your industry, and then you'll still probably need to like tweak things and put your name on it. So it doesn't come across as generic. I mean, after all, this is an industry where trust and relationship building is super crucial. So you don't want to entrust just anyone with the responsibility of speaking to your audience. I love that the responsibility of speaking to your audience. That means that means a ton. All right, Taylor, it's time for another quick break. We're gonna be right back after this. You're listening to the Worth Your Salt podcast, and today I'm talking with lead content strategist Taylor Perry about blogging as part of your content strategy in 2023. We'd love to hear your thoughts, so be sure to join us over on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook and share your blog with us. 
All right, Taylor, our listeners might remember in episode six that we went deep on content strategy, but I want to make sure we talk today about how a content calendar can really help manage and organize blogging efforts. So what are the key elements that should be included in a content calendar for successful blog management and health and wellness? Oh, the content calendar. (laughs) (laughs) So in my world, that is kind of like my lifeline because it's how I see everything that is being posted when and where. Uh, It is where I flesh out outlines and ideas and have the key phrases and the keywords for each idea to expand upon what may have been just a random thought for a blog post. So you definitely want to have a calendar and you want specific tasks so that you're not going to miss anything. So for me, that's going to look like creating images for each blog post, making sure that it's fully read over and checked for grammar, which pro tip, you can use that website Grammarly for that. Mm -hmm. And as well as the date that it's going to be published, where it's going to be promoted, so the different social channels. And then I also will have a blurb that I'm going to post on social right there as well. So I don't have to come up with that on the spot. We use Hive, which works great for all of the above. And I know there are other platforms like Trello, for example, but this is just what works for us. And you can add a specific list of tasks that you can copy and paste onto each blog post idea so that you don't miss anything. That's a great way to go. And so we know that many of our clients come to us because they feel overwhelmed by the thought of trying to maintain a blog. So do you have any tips or strategies to help overcome this feeling of overwhelm? I mean, isn't that what we're here for? Right, right. (laughs) Um, But if you do want to manage your own blog, I think number one, you need to be realistic with the time and the resources that you have. So Don't expect to be able to write 10 blog posts a week if you don't have the capacity. Uh, Number two, use a website like WordPress that helps you just cover all the bases. It gives you a layout to fill things in so that you're not missing anything. And number three, have that content calendar, even if you're just a one-man operation, because it's going to ensure that you have a plan, you have deadlines, and you can just fully flesh out ideas before you're committing to any sort of specific content strategy. And I, and I feel like what's really important here is consistency. Like you mentioned, don't you know aim to write 10 posts because you, you need to be consistent and that's, that's just overwhelming. So are there best practices or tips you can share about consistency and publishing? Basically, how can health and wellness practitioners maintain that steady flow of content without sacrificing quality? I'll reiterate that you definitely want to be realistic and then be consistent in whatever that looks like for you. So it might mean one or two blog posts a week, or it might mean only two a month. But if that's what you decide, then you just need to stick to that. And I know it might be the content strategy marketer in me, but I personally just cringe a little when I go to a blog and they have not updated any content since 2018. It makes me just wonder, like, are they still in business? Do they still have anything to offer? And I pretty much always go looking for someone who is talking more consistently and updating more recently. And that's the same with social media. If I see a business hasn't posted anything in a long time, I'm probably looking elsewhere. And I would say that that's likely the case for a lot of other consumers, at least millennial, Gen Z, people who are on their phones all the time. And if that means that you need to enlist the help of a ghostwriter who, let me say again, can confidently and accurately (laughs) write about your area of expertise, uh, then that might be what works best for you. So that that way you still have the time that you actually need to run your business without spending it all on blog posting. So Taylor, if our listeners want to learn more about you or follow you for more tips and, and tricks on content marketing, where can they go? You can always search for me over on LinkedIn and you can also follow the Salt Marketing Co. Instagram account. Perfect. And of course, all the tools and resources that Taylor mentioned here, as well as a link to Taylor's LinkedIn, will be over on our website at saltmarketing.co. 
But right now, Taylor, it is time for our lightning round questions. And since you and I haven't done this before, I think it's high time we did. Are you ready? Yes, I am. All right. What is the best book that you've read recently? Um, I just finished this cute little summer romance story. It was called Meet Me at the Lake. I really like that a lot. I need to get my head out of my business books and go read something fiction for fun. <laughs> All right. Next question. What is your favorite thing about the work that you do? Uh, I would say that it is, I love seeing results that individuals and organizations get from implementing the solid strategy that we provide. And I personally just genuinely have a passion for the health and wellness industry because of how much it's helped me personally. So fitness is huge for my mental health. And then things like chiropractic and acupuncture have just made a huge impact on my overall well-being. Which is why we are where we are. (laughs) So what's the best piece of advice that you've ever been given? Okay, this is such a tough one. (laughs) But I would say that one of the better pieces of advice, or it it might be like more of a saying, Uh, And I think it's also the title of a book, but the obstacle is the way. So a lot of times we imagine how things are going to play out and we assume that anything that gets in the way of that is like a setback or a hurdle to that final destination we're trying to reach. But really, it's just a part of the journey and it really has to be in order to get there. That's a great outlook. I love that. All right. Last last question. Who or what inspires you? Oh, okay. So I think right now, I, I think it's just the season of my life that I'm in. I would have to say it's my son, River. Um, he is two and a half. So that might seem like a crazy person to inspire you, but <laughs> he really helps me just like stay in the moment and focus on one thing at a time because just watching him and the way he interacts with things. And he's so amazed by things that I would otherwise not even pay attention to. is just awesome. So I would have to say him. Yeah. Inspiring to be in the moment and present. Yeah. Taylor, thanks so much for joining me on this week's episode of Worth Your Salt. Thank you so much for having me. I cannot wait to do this again. I also want to thank our listeners and let you know that if you're ready for your Worth Your Salt debut, tell us about your expertise by emailing us at grow at saltmarketing.co. Be sure to subscribe at saltmarketing.co slash worth your salt so you never miss an episode. Finally, leave us a review or give the show a handful of stars wherever you get your content. That's all for this episode of Worth Your Salt. We'll be back with a new episode next Thursday. In the meantime, let's get out there and shake things up.